Amen. It is so good to be with you all this morning. I know I say that every single Sunday, but I mean it's, it's good to sing with you in both English and in Spanish. And if you haven't caught on yet, we are a multicultural church. We are a bilingual church. We love singing in both English and Spanish. And if you didn't know, we actually have a couple of translators sometimes in the back. I know we have at least one this morning translating uh, this entire service from English to Spanish. So we want to we wanna praise God for that because it has just been an exciting, I think almost two years now that we have grown uh, as a multicultural church. So we want to give God the glory. Uh, I want to invite you uh, as an act of worship as we continue worshiping to read along with me. I'm going to read from Psalms 145 verses 8 through 9. And I'm going to read in English and then in Spanish. And I want to encourage you all to read with me in English and Spanish. So let's read together. It says, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Now in Spanish. Clemente y misericordioso es Jehová, lento para la ira y grande en misericordia. Now verse 9 says, the Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. Again, Spanish. Bueno es Jehová para con todos y sus misericordias sobre todas sus obras. Amen. Let's continue to sing together. We lift all of our praise up to you, Father. We sing to you alone. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. You all can have a seat except for our kids. Kids, it is time for you to head out to Kids Life. We will see you after the service. That song we just sang, I have this weird habit when we sing this song that I like to think of the names of Jesus in other languages. Um, Brett, do you have one that comes to mind? Jesus Christo. Awesome. Um, I think of Jishu, which is Bengali for Jesus, and I just love thinking that today, all around the world, people are worshiping him and using his name in so many different languages. So this warms my heart. Um, so, uh, speaking of names, I am Monica Metheny, the Connections Director, and this is... I am Brett Machat. I am the Worship and Young Adults Pastor. Awesome. Uh, we just want to tell you about a few really cool things going on here today. Um, you have the opportunity today, after the service, to have a little tour. Want to tell us about that, Brett? What yeah. are we touring today? Yeah, so after the service is over, don't leave, because like Monica said, we are going to have an opportunity tour the Hilliard Food Pantry, our neighbor, they're literally right in the back of our building, to tour uh, their facilities. And so stick around for that. It's going to be great. But then there's While more. you're there, you can pick up your bags and get to know the names of your neighbors, possibly, or just hit up a different neighborhood in Hilliard. We're going to grab um, brown paper bags and deliver them to um, about 100 households. You can pick a map, and we're going to set you on your way. It's a beautiful day to walk around and deliver those today. Yes, and we've been talking about these street runs for a while. That's part one. Part one, three De parts. Delivering, the, she told me this this morning, there's three parts. I yeah. only thought there were two, so I'm glad we talked about it beforehand. Part one, delivering the bags. Delivering the bags. Hey, a little uh, secret, a little grace, if you're watching the Super Bowl today and you need to deliver them tomorrow, there, there's, we'll give you a 24-hour window. Just letting you know that. You don't know how badly I want to get into a tangent of like, who okay. for it? But we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Save okay. for later. Save for later. Part two, Part two is this next Saturday, which is Saturday, February 18th. 18th. 
Uh, we are going to be collecting those bags full of food and bringing them back to the food pantry. pantry. So that's part two. Part three. Part three, if you want to just come and help sort those cans, you can meet here and sign up on mylcc.info and let us know if you want to be part of part two or three. Yes. It's going to be great. Yes, please, please sign up because it helps us know exactly how many people are going to be helping. What if they don't want to sign up on LCC? We've got to sign up in the lobby. You can just what? sign up right there today. Let us know. It's going to be awesome. Sweet. We thought of everything. Yes, we have. Okay, and then if that's not enough for you, what else is going on today after the service? It's, it's a busy, busy it's day. It's a busy Sunday. Um, I also want to invite you to join me for our baptism info meeting. And actually, I, I said it was going to be over in the living room. We're just going to do it right here, all right, right down here at the end of the service. Come find me. I would love to talk to you about baptisms because in two weeks on February 26th, we are having baptisms, which if you've never experienced baptisms at LCC, in short, they're awesome. It's an amazing, amazing experience for someone, and it's just an awesome testimony. Um, so please, if you are interested or you know someone who is interested, come find me right here after the service. I'll be here for a while. So if you're like, I want to go to the tour and then come back, that's okay. You can do that. Um, awesome. One more thing. One more thing. Okay, so I'm really on this name kick. You can tell. So uh, maybe you don't know someone's name around here. Maybe you guys like to get to know more people around here. How can I do that better? Join a serving team. We would love to have you serve with us. Maybe you want to know more names and you want to be a greeter. Maybe you want to work with kids. Um, Brett, what's what's a place you love to serve around here? Um, we place that I love to serve. Love to serve or have a need, either one. I was gonna say, well, those are I have both of those things, but I'll say we have needs. Gosh, like everywhere, our our safety team, um, our worship team, band, vocals, AV. So if you're like, I want to be up front or I want to be behind the scenes. Come find me. I'd love to love to talk to you about that. Yeah, we would love to help you get connected around here. Okay, and so a great way that we, I'm going to demonstrate this. John Castle, come on down. He uh, serves on our teaching team around here, which is a really cool team. Love to have people on there and how um, God uses people with the love of the word to um, just come um, pour into us. So I'm going to pray for you. God, thanks so much that you know us by name and you have revealed your name to us. We are so grateful that we can be together this morning in worship. Pray you'd be with John. We pray you would just speak through him, equip him, um, and just the spirit would work through him this morning and uh, open our hearts to what you have to say to us this morning. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. Welcome. If you're on a live stream, welcome uh, this morning. We're glad to have you with us. So, um, as they mentioned, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and I don't really have a uh, horse in this race, but um, it's always fun to root for somebody, right? So, uh, I I like the quarterback standoff, and so I always like to root for the underdog quarterback. So, I think that's what I'm going to do today. So. Anyway, we are in James chapter 1 still, and uh, this is the second week of our series in James, so I'm not last this time. I've been moved up to the number two slot, so I'm choosing to view that as a promotion. So anyway, um, a couple weeks ago, I went out and I bought one of those cargo racks, you know, the ones that, it's one of those ones that uh, plugs into your receiver hitch on the back of a car. You've probably seen them going down the highway. You, know, you look at them and you go like, how do you get in the back of the car? Well, anyway, I needed one. 
um, to haul a snowblower around to, from property, uh, a couple different properties. And so the snow was coming that night. So I ran down to Harbor Freight and I bought this thing and brought it home, unboxed it in the family room. I was going to put this thing together really fast. And so I open it up and there is a bag about this big that probably had, I don't know, 150, 200 nuts, bolts, washers, all of these different, and then there's all these aluminum parts. And so I picked up the instructions and I'm looking, there's six pages of warning, how not to use it. And there's a page that shows all the parts and how many, but it's too many to count. And then there's this picture of what it's supposed to look like when you've got it all put together. And there's some instructions there, and I'm looking at the picture and go, oh, yeah, I get it, I get it. So, and then, of course, they give you that, uh, that little wrench that's, you know, stamped out of sheet metal. Um, it looks like something that you would use to fix a flat tire on a bull. Um, I'm kind of fading in and out or popping in and out. Um, anyway, um, and the nuts on, you know, the nuts and bolts, they were those nylon lock nuts. And so you couldn't just spin them to go on and off. You had to, like, crank every single one of them. And so I decided, you know, I'm just going to work smart, not hard. And got my impact drill out and rigged it all up. And so if you know what an impact drill sounds like, you know that it's one of the most annoying sounds in the world, especially in the house. And so, and then you, on top of that, you, uh, considering the fact that I was working with this giant aluminum frame, and so it's like this big metal amplifier, and so I'm just, brr, brr, you know, all for an hour trying to put this thing together. And my, my poor family, uh, their nerves were frazzled uh, after the hour, and I look at it, and I said, something is not right. And so I pulled the instructions back out, and I'm looking at the instructions, okay, Oh, okay. And I realized that I had put a significant portion of the bolts in backwards. And it mattered because it was a safety issue, so I had to fix it. So 24 or 20 more minutes of uh, impact drill, and I uh, got it all fixed, and we're good to go. I'm cleaning up, and I find these two little red reflectors. And so the reflectors are meant to go on the back of this thing so that at nighttime, you know, a car doesn't run into it. You can see it, right? And, but the pieces that the reflectors attached to were on the other side of the rack. So I missed that too. So, you know, 16 or so more impact drills later, I finally get the whole thing put together right. And so... What I realized uh, this week as I was recalling that experience is I used the instructions to that cargo rack. I didn't use it ahead of time to show me how to do things correctly. Instead, I used them after the fact, after I'd already made the mistake, to figure out what I did wrong. And I realized that I tend to treat the Word of God or the Bible, in the exact same way. So today, we're going to talk about how we get the most out of God's Word. And that's the question that we're addressing. So is the Bible really the inspired Word of God, or is it just uh, really, you know, information about God? You know, or is it historical, or is it advice and how we should live our life? Well, it is all of those things, but that doesn't accurately describe it. Um, 
So last week we talked about trials and temptations. Uh, Tom talked about uh, how trials are inevitable and they can mature us, though, through our perseverance and that we can short-circuit that process uh, and fall into temptation. And there's all kinds of examples of how we can do that, right? We can self-medicate, we can... Um, exclude God, we can get ahead of him in that process, or we can avoid our problems. But James said, all you, you, you can ask for wisdom, and all you need to do is ask as long as you ask in faith. And that doesn't eliminate the pain of our trials, but what it does do is it helps us to persevere, and then through that process, we can then mature in our faith. And so, and we, we, we heard about this in our Proverbs series, right? Fear of God leads to understanding and leads to wisdom. And so as we mature in our faith, then we become more like Jesus. We develop, our character comes, becomes more and more conformed to his. And so this is a theme that we're going to hear throughout uh, this section of James today. And so last week we ended on uh, verse 18, and that's where I'm going to start again today. And it says, of his own will... He brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Okay, well, there's a lot of theology in this verse. So he is making a point about the power of God. He calls it the word of truth. And what the word of truth means is that's, based, that's the gospel message, you know, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but would have everlasting life, right? And, uh, and it's a gospel message, he's saying, that has brought us forth. And so he spoke us into existence and he brought us forth so that we may be a kind of first fruits. And so what does that mean? Well, in the Old Testament offer our uh, system... The offering that we were asked or that they were asked to bring was uh, a perfect, was to be a perfect offering. It was the, the, uh, the unblemished lamb, the first of the crops, you know, not the bug-eaten stuff, but the, uh, the, the best of the best, if you will. And so what, uh, what James is saying is that God views us as believers as the best of the best. So he spoke us into existence along with the entire universe and then brought us forth as perfect, holy, and righteous. And that's how God views us. You know, that's a significant biblical truth that in Christ, through the blood of Christ, God sees believers as being perfect, holy, and righteous already, right now. In Corinthians, it says, of his own will, he brought us, or he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So he did all of this through his word. And that, is, that really speaks to the power of God's word. And so this is God's part of faith. And James now is, is making this transition. You know, God is the one that has helped us or has brought us forth to become a reflection of his character, a reflection of his righteousness. And now James is shifting gears and will begin to talk about what our part in faith is and how we work out 
our faith over the period of our lives as believers. So, and how do we then become, uh, uh, how do we reflect uh, God's righteousness and first fruits? And he says that the way that we do that is how we respond and respond to and receive God's word. So let's start. In uh, verse 19, he says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So he starts out with this emphatic statement of know this. And what he's saying here, the way that he's saying it, we lose the emotion in, the, in a little bit, but he's saying, look, dude, if there's one thing that you need to know, it's this. Close your mouth, listen, and deal with your anger. And I think it's really easy. I find myself all the time listening to people in a conversation, but I'm not really hearing. Like, I, I, will, I do this to, to my wife all the time. She'll be talking to me, and she's talking, 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 and um, which I, I, I love to talk to her and listen to her, but she'll, and then she'll ask me a question, and I'll be like, wait, what? <laughs> um, I think uh, I have found myself, when I'm, when I'm talking with somebody, I'll be listening to them, and something that they say kind of reminds me of an anecdote or a story, you know, that I have, and I'll you know, very politely listen, and I'll wait until that person is done talking so that I can tell my story, because it's probably better. So, but I do this when I'm reading the Bible also. You ever read the Bible, and, you know, you're going through it, and all of a sudden it's like, what did I just read in those last two paragraphs? I have no recollection, because we're reading, and we're not really reading attentively, and I'm just, I'm thinking about what I got to do that day. And um, so, if we're angry, you know, if I'm angry with someone, I don't really want to listen to them. I don't really, I, I want to justify my anger. I want to talk about why I'm angry rather than listen to that person try to justify their own behavior. So, um, and that's selfish. And I, and I think we can say, <coughs> you know, it's easy to say, well, it's righteous anger. That person really wronged me. They sinned against me. But, and I would say, probably not. You know, it's human anger is different than God's anger. And it, there's really, it, it's very hard to compare that and, and, and put them in the same category. And so it's reading with or interacting with God's word with an attentive spirit. And we do that because. We have the knowledge and we have the understanding of the power of God's word and the effect that it can have upon us. So he says, he goes on to say, uh, get rid of the, the filth and wickedness, filthiness and wickedness. And so he's talking here about temptation and Colossians covers this a lot. And it's, he's basically, what he's saying is he's saying, take off the old self and put on the new. And so picture taking off old ratty, dirty, holy clothes, and putting on fresh new clothes instead. 
And so those old ratty clothes represent who we were before we came, became a believer. So, um, okay. The Word shows us the truth. Every time we interact with the Word, it's showing us two things. It's showing us who we are. It's talking to us about us and who God is. And it's so powerful. It says in Hebrews, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So the word cuts through our thoughts and intentions and separates the truth from the garbage. So we can stop kidding ourselves. You know, it convicts us. What that means is it shows us where we may be sinful. It shows us what we need to learn, what we should change in order to conform our character to Christ. And he, t- and he talks about the implanted word. And this is interesting because um, Peter writes that no word has its origin in the heart of man, but is written down by man as he is carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is, inspires the word of God. And when we become a believer, when we decide to, that, that we're a sinner and we accept Christ's death on the cross, the promise as payment for our sins, the promise is that we are then saved and we, are, uh, we receive the Holy Spirit along with, a, with gifts from the Holy Spirit and that we are sealed for eternity uh, for heaven, for everlasting life with God. And so it makes sense then that, have you ever been reading the Bible or listening to a teaching and the words just seem to come alive and jump right off the page? That is so cool. And that's the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit inspired the word of God and the Holy Spirit is within us. And so, of course, it makes sense that we would have that connection. And he says it's able to save your souls. Well, that can be confusing because his audience are, is, did I say that right? His audience are Jewish believers. They're already Christians, so their souls have already been saved. And so what he's referring here to is what we've been talking about so far this morning, is that there's, there's two phases, really, of salvation. There's that initial phase where we're saved, right, as I just described. But there's another phase that uh, is the gradual process of conforming us to uh, Christ's character throughout the course of our lives. It says in Philippians, I'm sure of this. I'm sure of this. (laughs) There we go. Um, That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And I want to go back to that other one in Jeremiah. It says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. So it's the process of being conformed to God's character over the span of our lifetime. The cool thing about this, though, is that God is doing the work. It's not us. All we need to do really is just cooperate with the process. 
I know I kind of tend to think, take, try to take things in my own hands, you know, and, um, but I, that just overcomplicates the process. So to summarize this section, uh, it's, it's just look, the word of God is already in our hearts. But if we're not really listening, if we're caught up in sin, we're not going to get a lot out of it unless we set aside our preconceived ideas and distractions and all of those things and receive it with humility and then cooperate with the work that God's doing in our lives. And it's not always easy, and it does require perseverance. So some suggestion. I'm, I'm really behind on the clicker, so I apologize for that. Uh, I've got these big red dots here on my notes, but I'm, apparently I'm ignoring them. But, uh, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, putting aside the sin and the anger and the human wisdom and the distractions and being a, having an attentive spirit, paying attention to the word that's implanted in us and hearing it with humility and then continuing to persevere through it. And so some suggestions, you know, how do we, what can we do to, uh, to be more attentive to God's word and, and uh, hearing what his spirit, Holy Spirit has to say to us? There's Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings are great. Um, cell group is great. This worshiping is, is, is great. Also, those are all ne- necessary things. But I don't think really that that's enough on its own. One of the things that really changed uh, my Bible reading time was to stop and pray before I read. Um, you know, I have to read in the mornings or it doesn't happen. And in the mornings, I'm always, I've got a, a hundred things coming up that day that I'm thinking about, and so it's really, really hard unless I can stop and just take a couple of minutes and quiet my mind, or it's, you know, mindfulness is another way to say it. Pray that, you know, God would just speak to me through his word, you know, pray that those words would come off the page and that I could really focus and concentrate on what he's telling me. Studying with others, you know, it's, it's a great thing to do, you know, to go through a book of the Bible with a friend. You know, you see, <laughs> all you have to do is go to Panera Bread in the morning and you see people all over the place uh, doing this. Use a study Bible uh, or a concordance. But in order to do that, you have to slow down. You know, you're not reading a novel here. You know, slow down and study and take it word by word, sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph. It will speak to you. I learned so much about this section of James just by doing this teaching. The teach is to learn, right? And uh, uh, just really thankful for that. So take a class. Hey, we have a class going on, a Bible study class on Saturday mornings. Kip Burmeister and Tom uh, Burns are are leading that, uh, and we're going to have that going on all year long, and um, want to encourage you to, to enroll in that. Uh, those are awesome. I, I took a lot of Bible study classes 25 years ago when I first became a believer, and it lit me up. I was so excited to learn about how the Bible is connected all the way through, 
and uh, just one thing leads to another, and there's all these cross-references, and what I thought it meant, I didn't really realize it meant so much more, and boy, you know, the third time reading the book of John is telling me something completely different than what it told me the first two times. That's the power of the Bible, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit. So, now, we're prepared to listen, but listening's not enough. James goes on and says, be doers of the word. Actually, he says, but be doers of the word. So he's, a, he's qualifying here, right? And not hearers only, thus deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and at once he forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So, not enough just to hear the word, we have to do what it says. And he gives this really interesting metaphor and uh, where he, he, he paints this picture of a man looking into the mirror. And that word looking into, or looking intently, means, literally means to stoop down and study what's in the mirror, which is me, right? So it would be like me getting up in the morning and looking at myself in the mirror. And, you know, I've got my bed head up to one side. I got fuzzy teeth and, uh, you know, at tired looking eyes and I got some stubble here I need to take care of and trim the beard. I need to shave a little bit. And I'm still in my robe. You know, I'm not really dressed. My slippers. And then I get up and I walk away from the mirror and I totally forget what I saw. And I go ahead and go to work. And I walk in the office and everybody's like, well, good morning. <laughs> it's absurd. It's, it's self-deception. Whereas the believer can look into the word, and James refers to it as the law of liberty, and he says he perseveres, and then he acts on what he sees. So what do we forget? What do you forget when you walk away from the mirror? How easy it is to do that. There's examples of scriptures right here in James, the things that I forget, you know, and you get the metaphor, right? It's that when you're reading the Bible and it tells you about who you are and who God is, what do you forget once you're done reading the Bible? Just, just in our series today or in our scripture today, it says, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. I like that one. That's cool. I will reflect, allow that one to reflect back on me. Slow to anger. Ugh. That one hurts. I'm not slow to anger. I've got kind of a short, short fuse. Or how about this one? Love your wife with understanding. <clears throat> that one's easy for me to forget, too, as hard as I try. So he talks about this law of liberty. That's an interesting phrase because it doesn't seem like law and liberty should be in the same phrase. It seems like they're they're counter to each other. And he's talking about 
the fact that obedience to God's law, which is loving God, loving others, in the Old Testament law, obedience to that brings us liberty. As an example, parents, you tell your children, don't go play in the street. And the reason you tell them that is so that they understand about safety. They know that, that, that they'll get hurt if they play in the street. And so we do that to put, we put a boundary down for them, for them to learn and to stay safe and to teach them. And God, by the same token, puts boundaries down for the same reason. And he's not trying to be a buzzkill here. It's to spare us from the consequences of sin. Remember when we talked about lady wisdom and lady folly? Lady folly was temptation. Lady folly was a liar. And her house led to death. So, uh, Psalms 119 says, I will always obey your law forever and ever, and I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. So following the word of God gives us freedom. It gives us a clear conscience. You know, there's nothing worse than carrying around sin guilt. You know, nothing will keep us away or nothing will come in between our relationship with God more than that. Now, what if we don't even have God's grace or God's truth reflecting back to us? What if we don't know God? That's even worse. Then we're making up our own truth about ourselves, aren't we? And we're convincing ourselves that what we see, what we want to see in the mirror is true. I, I sat in a um, um, one of those self-help seminars, and the speaker literally said, if we keep repeating things about ourselves, the universe will make it come true. Luckily, I didn't pay for it, <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't. But what does that look like? We have to affirm ourselves over and over and over again to try to convince ourselves of what is true. It's kind of like this guy. I deserve good things. I am entitled to my share of happiness. I refuse to beat myself up. I am an attractive person. I am fun to be with. Daily Affirmation with Stuart Smalley. I'm going to do a terrific show today, and I'm going to help people because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Okay, if you're under 50, you might need some explanation, but that's a, uh, that's a very old video. I could tell the older crowd started cracking up as soon as they saw that. But, um, so this is a Saturday Night Live skit, uh, and Stuart Smalley is a, uh, has a TV show of called Daily Affirmation, and so this is what it's, it's all about. And um, so, I, I don't know, I felt that that was... I had to figure out a way to work that video, and I love that video. It's so funny. So, okay. So if we don't have God, then, then, then we're really just trying to convince ourselves. And so thankfully uh, and hopefully that, you know, we do have uh, the law of liberty to uh, reflect back at us. And so this kind of raises uh, a um, controversial question, though. James is saying, you know, be doers, not just hearers. 
And so if I'm not a doer, then, and this question comes up a lot, am I not saved? Am I still saved? Well, Paul puts it like this in Ephesians. For by God's grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so, again, it's talking about these two phases of salvation, you know, when we're saved, and then this gradual process. So save your souls really means there are that sanctifi- it's called sanctification, that gradual process of conforming our character uh, to, to God's character. And so, all right. So that is being doers. That's what James says about being doers. <clears throat> so it's not just enough to hear the words, but hearing leads to doing, which leads to freedom, and that leads to blessing, and that's what James is saying. So it's not enough. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. James then explains, he goes on to explain how we can identify the doer. So if we're doing, if we're hearing and we're doing, what does that look like in our lives? Someone that receives, hears, internalizes, and acts upon the word of God. Here's how we know. He says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So he says three things there, right? A bridled tongue, having the heart of God, and keeping ourselves unstained from the world. So a bridled tongue, that's an interesting, it seems like a pretty harsh statement. Uh, But Jesus said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what he's saying here is if you call yourself a devoted Christian, but what comes out of your mouth doesn't align with that, you're fooling yourself. having the heart of God. God has a heart for the poor. He has a heart for the underserved, for the underprivileged. I have a heart for Jalen Hurts today (laughs) because he's the underdog, and that's why I'm rooting for him. But probably not a good example, but um, (laughs) underprivileged. He has a heart for the vulnerable, right? For the vulnerable, and you notice there's nothing up there about rituals. He's not saying you got to do this, got to do that, got to do that to honor me, to resp- you know, whatever. There's no ritual up there. And remain unstained by the world. So what does he mean by the world? The world is, what he's referring to here is the cosmos. That's the Greek word is cosmos. And that's the world system. And the cosmos is at odds with the kingdom of God. The cosmos is the world system. For, uh, John talks about it in 1 John, and it is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life. So the lust of the eyes is 
our covetousness, you know, wanting, wanting, wanting things and, and power and authority and all of these things. The lust of the flesh speaks to sensuality. And the boastful pride of life is just our own pride and arrogance, right? And so that's what the world system offers. And he's saying that the sign of, a, a, of someone who calls himself and who is really a devoted walking Christian is someone that is trying to resist that as much as possible. So, okay, so it's not just doing, though. This really, if you think about it, this is a state of being, right? So doing, uh, sorry, a state of being. Because hearing leads to doing, leads to being. And so in so doing, then, we become a reflection of God's first fruits, of God's character. So we now have come full circle from James 18. And so he laid this out to us in, uh, in verse 18, and then he's completely explained the concept then. And the first thing that we do is that we learn to hear God's word and learn to get the most out of it so that it can change us and conform our character. And he's going to go on. I'll go ahead and call the band down now. He's going to go on then to uh, describe several other ways that that happens. And we're going to talk about that then uh, in the rest of our series. So the first step, though, is getting the most out of God's word, and um, there's more in the coming weeks. So that's it. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for the fact that you do the work for us and that our, you simply ask us to cooperate with that process. So I pray, God, that we would, would open our hearts uh, as we reflect on your perfect law of liberty and that, uh, that you would inspire us through your word. I pray that the words would just come off the page as we, uh, as we read and we hear your word, Lord. Um, we thank you that uh, your word is so powerful um, and, you know, just able to discern uh, the real truth about uh, you and about us. And we just ask God that you would show us um, day by day how to reflect your righteousness to the world. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for the good news of the gospel. We thank you that our hope is in you. Thank you for making a way. God, we thank you that by faith we can spend eternity with you. We have salvation. Not because of what we've done, because of who you are. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Brett, for leading us, John, for uh, teaching and sharing. Um, that reminder to be not just hearers, but to do doers. I'm going to ask you to do one thing. We are all inviting every single one of you to follow. We're going to go to the back of the building to the warehouse. They have opened up their home and their space, and they want us to see what they're doing. So even if you have been there and seen it, and it's been a little bit 
or a little while, we're still going to invite every single person, follow me back there. We want to see uh, the work that they're doing at the pantry. But we want everybody, which means if you have kiddos, you need to go get them, bring them with you, and then we'll all head back there. And then uh, if you're going to be doing any of the street runs, we're actually going to have the bags and the maps back there. I'll have those for you. And then if you are interested in getting baptized after you head back and see, it's going to just take us a minute. We'll do that very quickly. We're going to meet here uh, for the baptism meeting. So thanks for joining us, and I'll see you back there. Have a great week.